Where's Scott? In California. California. <laughs> Hi, Scott. Hello. Oh, hey. Oh, hey. Oh, I've got a ghost. Uh, a joke. A joke. <laughs> For you, yes. What do Have gay you... horses eat? <laughs> hey? Cock. <laughs> they don't eat cock. Look, I've known many gay horses in my time, and you, sir, are no gay horse. So many gay horses. So, uh, how's everybody doing? Yeah. <laughs> that good, huh? So, so better than normal. Well, it's a depressing time of year. Above and beyond, you know, our current baseline. Uh, well, yeah. You know, when it's, yes. when it's dark by quarter to five. And, I completely and, agree. And my dad's going to be home six days a week now because of, you know, seasonal hours. It, I don't know what he does for a living, so I don't know if that makes sense or not. Right. <laughs> I mean... Yeah. He owns a snowplow. <laughs> Mr. Plow. Mr. Plow. I wish he did. That would help a lot when it snows out here and the county doesn't plow our road. You know that's that plow? Your mom. <laughs> Ain't no the whole plow. county plows your mom. Ain't no plow big enough for that. <laughs> An 18 reeler. Hit a big rig. Yeah, that's what Ben can start doing. He can, uh, you know, snow plow to a semi truck and just drive that around. <laughs> <laughs> but he'd do it during the summer though with tire with uh, chains on his tires just to piss people off. <laughs> What's that noise? Oh god damn it. <laughs> yeah, and driving down the street again. <laughs> of course he'd also have like the general Lee horn on or something too. I was thinking La Cucaracha. Generally what? <laughs> g- 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 <laughs> <laughs> Racist? I don't know. Is Ben a racist? No. No, he's just stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, one is a subset of the other, but not exactly. It's like a Venn diagram. It's like a Ben diagram. A Ben diagram. Two circles next to each other, it looks like a butt. (laughs) That's what a Ben diagram is. The Ben diagram Uh, is a Venn diagram, except every circle is labeled anger. Yeah. With a little R in the middle. <laughs> what do they like Dick Cheney is like his granddad? Arr. Uh Yeah, time change fucking sucks. I mean, it's great that now it's like light in the morning, so I'm not getting up in the middle of the night. That's kind of cool. But yeah, it's like five o'clock here and and sunset. And it's like already dusk. Hey, Fort God, Max, you, is it... you should live on the west side of the, your time zone then. Hey, yeah, Fort nope. Max, is it light out yet when you get up for work? Nope. Has, is it ever? No. What if the moon's out? You should move to Alaska. Yeah, Fort Max, is there a moon? Uh, can't tell. Blinds are closed. <laughs> Picture didn't happen. What if there was Aurora Borealis? I don't think there's a Gundam whose gimmick is the Aurora. Like in your kitchen at this time of year. <laughs> That'd be neat. 
Yeah, I think that's called a gas leak. You need to get the fuck out. <laughs> Our neighborhood doesn't pants. have gas service. <laughs> well, my neighborhood bats. doesn't have gas service or sewer service. Um, there, There is city water. Your mom though. services it. <laughs> she services all the pipes. <laughs> <laughs> all water flows to your mom. Yeah. Well, it's downhill. I mean, the gravity itself. Because <laughs> <laughs> wherever she is, is always the lowest point. She, like, brings the Dead Sea with her wherever she goes. But she's so large, she extends above the gravity plane as well, even though she's <laughs> pushing it down. Your uh, mom is you the gravitational incline. Yeah. She's basically made of neutronite. Neutronium. Yeah, neutronium. Neutronite? Yeah. Is that like Splenda or something? Or <sighs> hold on, somebody left the cat in the room. Let me go let the cat out. Let me just. Walk I don't away. think there is a cat. I think Scott's just trying to escape his. Who uh, let his the cat heirs. in? Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Wasn't that the uh, the uh, theme song for CSI? I I don't know. I watch old people shows. I'm not you. <laughs> Isn't CSI an old person show now? Oh, absolutely, it is. Yeah. I think it kind of always was. I don't remember any young people go, oh, man, dude, let's go watch this new CSI. <laughs> Procedural dramas are always old people shows. Because when shows move too fast... Except possibly Kuga. Is Kuga procedural? Procedurally generated. Ugh. Every episode is different. <laughs> <laughs> but the same, like a fractal. It's different. Kuga, Kuga is a police drama except... Uh, a superhero happens to be dating the main character. I mean, that's not incorrect. Oh, that reminds me, I should watch another episode of Tiger and Bunny at some point. How many have you watched so far? One. Okay, then you're still in the good part of the series. <laughs> I, it's I was not, not... kind of like Full Metal Alchemist me, is it? Well, Ooh. I was I was a pretty uh, good... Which one? Not Brotherhood, Full Metal. <laughs> I, I was a fan of Tiger and Bunny for its first half, and then the second half really kind of lost me. Well, it's already impressed me about not being as shitty as Gurren Lagan, so... God, that show was obnoxious. In what way? It was just loud and grating and fan servicey and just... Eh. No. So it was Gynax. Yeah. That's... Yes, yes, it was. Honestly, and... <laughs> you should have expected all of this going into it. I'd never seen a Gynax show before. All I heard were people talking about how it was the best show ever. Then I watched episodes like, oh god, my brain hurts. This is awful. Like, I'm cut- I guess it wasn't for the bouncing tits everywhere. <clears throat> it would have been subbed by four kids. Wait, what? Oh yeah, Gynax tits. Okay, yeah, 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 never mind. Had to catch up. Since when does four kids sub anything? I'm sorry, dub, thank you. Oh, that's the wrong word. Something <clears throat> of like that headachey Escaflone look. Are you sure you watched Gurren Lagan? Or it's the first episode. And it just kind of drove me insane. You may not be a human. <laughs> well, that's a compliment. Yeah, we've known that for a long time. <laughs> he's he's a <laughs> pony holocaust, is what he is. Would you bleep that please? Because that's actually going to make it a lot worse when it's bleeped. <laughs> actually, yes. <laughs> well, no one can ever know what I said just then. I would be on so many lists. Say 
real quick. Hey, guys, bro. no, seriously, <laughs> no, seriously, say it. Have you guys heard of the <laughs> Pony Holocaust? So instead of bleeping, I'm just going to put that over it. <laughs> and that'll that'll pretty much even everything out. See, I'm actually okay with this because it's just making more work for you to do in editing, so I'm happy with that. <laughs> oh, Scott's getting to outsmart XV. <laughs> in in functional truth, it's not really that much more work to paste that clip into that space any more than it is to put a bleep into that space. So. <laughs> Because otherwise then, you, have to record, you have to record yourself going, beep, and then you... <laughs> you know, I wish I would have thought of that ten years ago. <laughs> it's easier. You just have a microphone and you just say it into the microphone as you're watching the episode. Or you have one beep for uh, each person who's on the show and use their beep whenever you beep them out. <laughs> Personalized beeps. I like it. Tell my beep all sexy like. Beep. <laughs> oh, oh, oh my. Paladin's beep is just a cough. <laughs> and you know what Ken's beep is? <laughs> Mickey's beep would just be Cyloning. Yeah, or, <laughs> or Mickey Synth. Yeah. Superhero Time presents that one episode of Star Trek. With Chris. It's like a fine wine made of bacon. Hey, Mickey. Come on, Paula Dean, You're slowing us down. Scott. I have pictures on my computer I really shouldn't. And Fort Max. XV doesn't like putting effort unless he can spike someone with it. I did like about this past week was that all the complaints that Hey Mickey had about Orville were like answered in the last episode, which was really nice. I didn't nice. get to watch it yet. I don't. Oh, it's really good. I don't care okay. that much if you want to talk about it anyway. I'm just saying, like, I don't really, I can't contribute because I did not get around to watching it. Okay. Well, um, it's a Doctor episode, which is cool because the Doctor is probably the best character in the show. Well, the better actresses, that's for sure. She seems the most real. Yeah. Um, and she crash lands on a planet with her two bullshit kids and Isaac. Um, so Isaac has to play Mr. Dad when she gets kidnapped. And uh, Isaac is given stuff to do. That's I still like complaints that he's just he's not acting superior. He'll occasionally say something that indicates that he's superior, but his whole race was set up to be assholes in the first episode. We've never seen any kind of delivery on that. Just more of accidental egotism. Maybe they need an episode with other members of his um, race, and they'll show that he's the nice one. Uh, but the good thing about the episode is the Doctor, um, she's fucking hardcore. Yeah, she's a fucking raging badass. <laughs> 
she delivers a level of violence that you typically don't see in sci-fi. Hypocritic oath my ass. Well, are those her patients? No. No. There you go. First do no harm, second kick your ass. <laughs> Pretty much. And it's a nice bit. Uh, the rest of the crew is largely MIA for most of the episode. Huh. They were contractually obligated dialogue, and that was it. Yeah. Sounds good. One thing I, yeah, one thing I like about the show is that the captain is, as far as like McFarlane himself, he, he, this is not a vanity project for him specifically. Because, I mean, he's barely in some of these episodes and only does the most perfunctory, yes, I'm captain, go do this thing. And what then, do you mean it's it. not a vanity project? It's his Star Trek TNG fanfic. Yeah, but he's not hes not the Mary Sue in the middle of it, though, is what I'm saying. Uh, I see your point. But if he really didn't want to be in the middle of it, he wouldn't have cast himself as a captain. Well, yeah, but you're not going to, like, I'm not going to pay for everyone else to go on the roller coaster and not get on myself. Fuck that. Well, I would. I don't like roller coasters. Yeah, well, I'm sure. saying that, you know, he wrote the show and he cast himself as uh, the, the main character. Uh, well, I mean, I it's, that, it's, it's understated self-insert he's... fanfic, maybe, but it's still self-insert fanfic. That's well, a little column A, a little column B. Hmm. Well, yeah, the thing is, that I, don't like, I don't see him as the main character, though. The whole point is, he's, sometimes he's barely in it. Well, that's the same way with regular Star Trek, but you, Picard is still the main character. Uh, I, I I tend to disagree on that. Um, like, Next Generation really felt more ensemble. Oh, I wasn't talking about Next Generation. I was talking about Voyager. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we should probably talk about that at some point, too, eventually. Uh, so, okay, so, Very eventually. Yeah. So, real near. so uh, Discovery. How's everyone feeling about Discovery? Let's switch gears real quick. Admiral Cornrows is a badass. Yes. Um, That episode was probably my least favorite so far it just felt really? like a little unfocused huh. i'm guessing because it's part one of two sure uh but yeah i still love discovery yeah yeah i mean i thought the episode i didn't think it was bad at all i mean i, I every episode that happens now i like even better i like the fact that it, it felt more like star trek it new life new civilizations all that kind of good stuff it was interesting we, we got our strange new worlds this episode yes and it was lovely it was awesome to see modern contemporary star trek i I'm, I'm a fan i love it i don't know I like without that the the, the studio set with the colored light <laughs> wall, it's just not real star trek yeah. <laughs> you know what's bad is i can feel that the little seed the little nerdling seed inside me that agrees with you and it's like <laughs> the little neck beard my internal neck beard kind of agrees with you but i'm like no no <laughs> but no, i love uh planet of the blue plants yes and I love how incredibly TOS these aliens are. Yes! We're shitty colored light effects! Woo! Yeah, yeah I, was, I, was, I was thinking when that first appeared in the forest, like, yeah, this is totally, like, pointing at a TOS episode with a rotoscoped cloud superimposed onto the film and being like, okay, this is how you do this now. Yeah. It's exactly yeah. the same concept. Yep. Absolutely. They don't even speak. You know, the characters kind of talk at them and stuff. Oh, yeah, it was very Or they speak in Scooby-Doo voice. Right, right. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. I'm a powerful entity. Yeah, so everything on the plant was, was aces. Yep. Um, there was some weird 
I want to say edited for time bits going on. Yeah. Like, where did this tent come from? <laughs> right, right, right. We're just going to teleport Ash here and not really address it. So I think yeah. those two things kind of go hand in hand if you stop and think about it. Like, if they can transport <laughs> someone from one location to another, it's not inconceivable that they can also just create matter that they need out of whatever energy they well, have access especially to. Especially, like, why would they... Why would they need to create a tent? Why would the idea occur to them? I think I think it's pretty clear. That, like they brought their tent with them and set up. We didn't see them do it. No, I think after those aliens made contact, they just made a habitat for them. Well, I mean, it's the, ultimately, it's not really important. It's just kind of like it feels like something would have been ad- addressed if we had more time. Yeah, I mean, I could totally see a line like they, you know, synthesized the structure for our benefit being the one thing that's like, okay, we need like five extra seconds for Saru to uh, you know, dash through the forest. Yeah. You know? Yeah, which was cool. I'm glad we got to see that. Oh, I can run up to 80 kilometers per hour. I'm like, okay, yeah, whatever, dude. And then they showed it. I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah. thank you. Appreciate that. I fucking love his mule kick. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> because, yeah, he's like a hoofed animal. He'd be able to kick like a motherfucker. I like the fact, too, that he's actually faster and stronger. He is the Spock of the ship. He's smarter, stronger, faster than everybody, but they never really... He's really the data of the ship. Uh, yeah, I can see that, he's too. stronger, faster, and smarter than everyone. But not Spock. That's the joke. Is that the, the, he's the same character as Data and Spock, basically. Oh, okay, that, I see. Yeah, yeah. Right. He's the Tuvok of the ship. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> he's the Harry Kim of the ship. Everyone he's the Harry... Tuvix of the ship. <laughs> Okay, so that actually makes sense. <laughs> okay, that one. Let's oh, see what else is going on. Orca remains cool as shit. Yep, agreed. I like how they get in a battle and they still lose, even with the uh, the dash drive. Well, yeah, because... then like, yeah, so the ship was like, okay, well, fuck it, leave. Yeah, because well, the yeah, discovery itself is not a super weapon; it's just the test bed for what will make the super weapon work. Right. Right. The super weapon has to be the whole fleet. Exactly. Just like the Klingon said, the cloaking. I, I'd like to point that now that like, they're noticing that every ship in the Klingon fleet has cloaking. I mean, I'm really starting to feel like this is actually pre-TOS. It's starting to feel mm. more pre-TOS But the to me. Klingons didn't have cloaking in TOS. Well, maybe we're going to find out why. The, um, the cloaking was added in Star Trek 3, I think, because the Bird of Prey design introduced and that was supposed to originally be a Romulan ship. Mm. That's why it could cloak. Well, I, I'm just dying to see what's going to happen next. So they got renewed for season two, so that's good. So we'll see what yeah. happens there. Of course, after next week, we have a hiatus for at least six weeks. We? As in the podcast? Well, no, the the audience for the show. The podcast will continue to its uh, foretold doom on schedule. Okay. Oh, and yeah, go on hiatus they... forever. Yes. Um, it's gonna go, we're going to send it upstate to play with all the other podcasts that failed. <laughs> well, it's not a failure. We're just, you know, well, I should say, I I shouldn't th- say we. I'm choosing to end it. <laughs> I'm the... This isn't fanboy versus. <laughs> Another podcast isn't finishing us off out of spite. <laughs> yeah, another podcast isn't 
stealing our most important person. By the way, I- I'm going to RFC. <laughs> but I said our most important person. And I'm already on RFC. Uh, so the Klingon bits. Yeah. There's some neat stuff in there, but... Uh, really kind of didn't come together for me. Yeah, I can see that. So, yeah, because yeah, I honestly, I don't know what to think, and, and I, not in a good way. I don't know whether, like, the, uh, the the female Klingon in the white, is she actually trying to uh, defect? Uh, is she just, is it all part of another ploy? Is she playing Cole or not? I mean... Okay, okay so it starts off like, okay, she's going to go interrogate them. We're assuming that she's still working for... Uh... Vok or whatever the hell his name was. Is that right, it? Right, right, right. Yeah, Voke. Okay, so okay, like, okay, so she's gonna totally scam this guy with the red cross on his face. Right, right. Cole. Okay, cool. All right, so because then it starts interviewing the admiral, and she goes, "Oh, well, I want to defect. Let's defect together and run away." And I'm thinking, okay, this is her crazy interrogation technique. Right. Exactly. Because she's supposed to be this amazing spy network mind fucky interrogationist. Right. So they start their escape route, and, like, and then, like, you heard me. And I then stand they discovered, then, like, all of a sudden, they fight to the death? Well, she had to, because she had to, Cole was watching, so she had to act like that she was trying to escape. So. Right, but was they actually fighting to the death, or were they trying to fake it? That's the question. Right. Or, more to the point, did they fake it? Yeah. Right. Right. And that's my point. Is like I don't know what to think. I don't know. Wow, that was a clever plan. Or wait, what the fuck just happened? I, I don't. I'm not clear what's going on. So I don't know how to feel. Cons- considering in her last scene in this episode, Klingon lady was sent off to her apparent doom, her slow, painful doom, but that was never seen. Like the show wouldn't shy away from right. showing that. So her story is not over yet. Uh, agreed. And you but know, she, know she think. left. She left the admiral, presumably in the same place that she would be taken to. So I mean, I think that's going to come back together, and the admiral's still going to be alive. Yeah, I just don't know. It seems. I guess it seems like a fairly obvious setup, which like the show is good, but I don't think it's that misdirecty. Yeah, because that is a question that you have when you start watching a show. It's like, oh, how deep does it go? You know, what is it all about the misdirection and then everything gets answered in the end or whatever? It's like, then you start slowly realizing, no, it's just full of loose ends and things that kind of threads don't go anywhere as misdirection. You're like, oh, it's kind of disappointing. It's not crap. It's just, oh, there's good ambiguity. Like what we've seen with Lorca. Yeah, right. Okay, so if you're like, what's going on? This is interesting. Mm -hmm. But this doesn't come across as like good ambiguity. It just comes across as just poorly stitched together. Yeah. Like, it's not making sense, but it's not feeling like they're trying to confuse you. It feels like they're just not set, telling the story well. Agreed. Which, Agreed. again, might just be because it's a two-parter. Very possibly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it, it totally has the benefit of the doubt for me. All, all the other cool stuff they've done and the other things that, that they have said and, and, and presented, they get the benefit of the doubt for me. So I'm just looking forward to it. I cannot wait to see what happens next. Oh, so then you get to the C-plot of Stamets. Yeah, awesome. So, um, what do y'all think is going on with him? 
Well, I think it's may actually be what he said. Cause at first I was like, Oh my God, is he totally switching personas? Is he going from like mirror universe self to his normal self? Or do we have the evil version? And we keep seeing the good version transpose. But the way he explained it was cause when Tilly started talking to him, uh, he was like, ah, fuck you. But then he kind of wrote it and said, I, I don't know what's going on. One day I feel like I know everything, and one day I, in one second I don't. So I think that's what it is. I think it's just him being connected to the uh, mycelial network. I think it's just that. I think it is what, exactly what he said. I think well, he has mushroom cancer. Though. <laughs> he called Tilly Captain when he first came out of the spores. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think maybe he's also temporarily traveling too, and she gets to be a captain one day. So that's probably what he saw. I don't well, think he thought question. it was. Okay, so is he alternating between this universe and the mirror universe and getting them confused, or is he seeing through time? He's seeing everything. He's seeing time and space and everything. I think, I think the mirror, the mirror bit that we're extrapolating the mirror universe connection from is probably not what we thought it was, and it probably, probably is just. Some side effect of this is a perception of nonlinear time. Yeah. Well, consider this though. I read this. I didn't, I'm not making this up, so I'm stealing it. But uh, imagine <clears throat> a mirror universe Tilly Captain with like black leather, leather gloves and her hair slicked back and gelled. Yeah, I'm masturbating already. Go on. Yes, we're all on board <laughs> for that th- visual, right? Yes. Okay, there you go. <laughs> I'm, I mean. I'm only on board. I'm I'm driving stick shift. Maybe like a scar over one eye. Yes. Keep go on. I'm just sketching a picture real quick. <laughs> no, 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 that sounds awesome. I mean, Star Trek. They they have to do at some point in, in the first three seasons. They have to do some sort of mirror image, uh, mirror universe thing. They have to. I'll I'll take it in season <laughs> two. I don't want them to shoehorn into season one. Really. Agreed. You know, we never got a Mirror Universe episode of Voyager. Uh, I would kind of love to see how bad that would have been. Didn't we? No. Nope. They kept all the Mirror Universe in Deep Space Nine, and they ended up keeping all the Q in Voyager. Oh. We kind of got it with um, the the Doctor in the Future Museum episode. That that's what I was thinking. Yes, <laughs> that's what I was thinking. Thank you. Yeah, because I knew it was something like that. Yeah, because I remember her like you know wearing the black leather gloves and being all evil and shit. That's right. That's right. Mirror Universe Voyager probably would have been hard to make work just because there wasn't really a situation on the other side that would lend itself to an equivalent situation. Well, it'd be interesting to see, uh, you know, Warlord Janeway go across the Delta Quadrant attack. Well, you know what? Never mind. I guess it really kind of redundant. <laughs> <at this point. laughs> Never it, mind. It probably wouldn't be Warlord Janeway anyway, since the the humans at that point in the Mirror Universe were an underclass. Yeah, that's kind of the problem. <laughs> There's not a a setting there where you can have. You know, this ship full of humans and everybody off in another part of the galaxy. Um, you know, you'd have to have it just be like, well, let's see what these characters are doing, you know, around Earth or wherever in the Mirror Universe. That sure would be interesting, wouldn't it? <laughs> well, it'd be, it'd, be, it'd be cool to see if it was the, the Maquis took over the Voyager because they were the good guys. And then Janeway was the second in command and Chakotay was the captain and done it that way where the... Yeah, Voyager get turned to be good because the Maquis were actually the good guys. Okay, Chakotay is 
Captain, that is the opposite of interesting. <laughs> Except Mirak Chakotay would have a great personality. Yeah. I mean, tattoo, conceptually, would be the other side. conceptually <laughs> that could be true, but I don't really feel like the writers of Voyager would have any better chance of executing that than to make normal Chakotay a character. Yeah, I had to explain to Vessi again last night that Voyager is where good premises went to die. <laughs> yeah, Voyager is the Saban's masked writer version of Star Trek The Next Generation. All the bad writing and execution and acting kind of went there. Mm. Instead of to the Power Rangers that was Next Generation. So what is the VR Troopers in this analogy? Probably Enterprise. I'm going to say Stargate. <laughs> that no, was pretty funny. No, Stargate would be the Beetleborgs. <laughs> but what would be Mystic Knights? Farscape? Yeah. Okay. I'll allow it. <laughs> So, what's the next mutation? The thing, the thing Kevin Eastman pretends doesn't happen? <laughs> oh, you know what I mean. Or was it Laird? Which one of them decided that that never happened? I don't know. One of them, like, totally disavowed it. <clears throat> it's not like Ninja Turtles really has any hard continuity. Uh, no. I mean, at the time, when there was, you know, less material for it, it was kind of easier to try to cludge everything together, or at least more parts of it. But, yeah, I mean, at this point, it's basically where Transformers is, where you just have to accept, yeah, not everything fits together anymore. It's a universal stack. Like pancakes. Or pizza. <laughs> you fat ass. <laughs> mm, pizza. pizza stacks. Fuck you. <laughs> uh. Speaking of fuck you, how about that Voyager? Uh, oh, see, <clears throat> fucking good taste. Now, I have to admit, this episode of Voyager was better than I remembered. It's still stupid. <laughs> yeah. And it definitely drags in places, but there's some neat concepts in it. Uh, some neat things happen in it. The Doctor's awesome. It doesn't uh, make a goddamn bit of sense. The The real saving grace for this is that the Vidians had not yet been turned into just, like, cartoon villains. They were actually, right. you know, kind of pathetic and tragic here. And they yeah. weren't just, like, marauding the universe trying to steal whole ships of body parts. Yeah, because I, I do like how the the, the, the two Vidians in this episode are like like two characters. They're like, yeah, one's got this jaunty British accent. Oh, oh yes, yes, we were we were great artists back in our home world. Oh, it's all foppish and shit. <laughs> yes, I have a great friend in Rome by the name of Biggest Dickus. I also like how this is still season one Voyager when it's needlessly dark. Yeah. Like, there's shadows everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like, even the ship is in shadow. 
the ship casts a shadow in space. Oh, you know, the ship's got those big orange squares all the sides of it, which just show up as black <laughs> in, the, in the scenes it's in. I thought it just had big black squares on it. Nope. They're sort of rusty orange colored. That's gross. I'm got. Is uh, this like the same thing where that shot, those shots in the opening where they just didn't load the textures for whatever reason? No, it's just, it's got Black Crush going on. What flavor yeah. would Black Crush be? Grape. No, they have, they have that as purple. Oh. Would be like uh, the Crush flavor. Oh. <laughs> oh. Well, either that or squid ink. Or <laughs> if you can mix jalapeno and licorice together. Yeah. Well, turns into butt uh... napalm. <laughs> I mean, you have to liquefy both first, but I don't see why not after that. Just infuse jalapeno into some licorice. Or like maybe the other way around, like jalapeno poppers, but instead of being filled with cream cheese, they're filled with like <laughs> licorice. God, you are a terrible person. <laughs> and you truly, truly are just a horrible human being. All right, XP, add it to the cookbook. <laughs> <laughs> did you find Did you find us a, a prop kitchen to use? <laughs> I have not. Oh. Anyway, we should probably get started. So, since this was Fort Max's idea, Scott, you're on. <laughs> All right. All right. We're uh we're watching Star Trek Voyager, season one, episode four, Fahage. Hey. Uh, pa- pa- <laughs> not you, Pahegi, pa- Pahegi. Podge. Podgy. Fage. It's French. Elja! I seem to have the Fage! Yes, I'll have the Fage with extra Hollandaise sauce. <laughs> so, Hollandaise okay. sauce is a fancy name for semen for breakfast. Is that it? That? Okay. <laughs> I think what Scott wants to know, but is actually afraid to ask, is is that a real thing, or did you just make that up? Ask your wife. She'll know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't think she's... Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she spends her Or better yet, up. ask your mom. Mm-hmm. Oh. She would know. All right, so apparently the Voyager uh, forget what Scotty told them, and they don't know how to recrystallize dilithium, and they run, they, they're burning it in a furnace instead of using it to stabilize their warp core fucking morons. So now they're, they're cruising around the Delta Quadrant just randomly blindingly groping for dilithium. Idiots. So yeah, they've they, been in the Delta Quadrant for like a week and like, oh shit, we're out of dilithium. Right. What? This is a this is a long-range science vessel who's supposed to be able to like travel just for months without any kind of interference from Starfleet. Okay, but look, their mission at the time they launched was only supposed to be like a three-week excursion to the Badlands. They they weren't three that well tour. equipped. Three hour tour. Know, right? so they, they went out for a, a long drive with only a quarter tank of gas, and then we will just stop when we fill up when we get back. 
Well, that's what they get for being stupid. So well, now it's, it's that, more like you know they decided to, the... to go for a quick drive in the country, but they instead ended up somehow in the middle of the desert, three hundred miles from the nearest gas station. You know. So now they have to listen to this furry cockroach they picked up on the road a couple of days ago. Oh yeah, there's an astral with tons of dilithium in it. Totally, you should go there. It's not a trap at all. Okay, so Janeway. So at this point, we're in, we're on episode four. Four, and there is none of the initial plot is still existing. Uh, Chakotay's first officer, he's in Starfleet uniform, and everyone follows orders, and everyone's getting along hunky-dory. So I had to explain to my wife that, so what is Voyager? And I had to explain to her, but you notice that none of the stuff I just said applies anymore. The Maquis have totally integrated all that plot and all that conflict. Gone. Wasted. So Janeway starts giving some shit to Chakotay about like, oh, I'm going to have a delicious breakfast. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm going to go eat ration packets. Oh, but Let's first... take a moment to analyze what Janeway wants for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Eggs Benedict with asparagus and strawberries and cream. Is she fucking pregnant? <laughs> No, I think she's just looking for an excuse to spend the rest of the day in her bathroom. <laughs> yeah, she, she sits down in the toilet and goes, Computer, set environmental controls to Bolian. <laughs> it's about to get serious. <laughs> <laughs> like, it goes red alert in the bathroom and she at least vents open up. Brown alert. Yeah. <laughs> Paisley alert. <laughs> All right, so she walks in, you know, with a little <laughs> into her. Apparently, the captain gets a private dining hall. Well, what every captain bitch. has their own dining room. I mean, bullshit. Oh, a long range exploration vessel. Okay, I mean, we'll analyze this more in just a second, but I, I don't think it's completely unreasonable based on what we see. Whatever. Okay. So the, the NX Enterprise has a private dining hall for the captain, and that's the size of like a Chevy Astro. <laughs> right. All right, so she walks in the room, and there's smoke filling the room, which she freaks out. Neelix has converted her private dining room into a kitchen with, like, burners. It, it looks like a <laughs> – if Waffle Half was made by a vegan, this is what this place looks like. So, okay. Apparently, the captain's dining room is immediately adjacent to the crew's mess hall. Right, so she can hear them. Because we saw the mess hall in the first episode. That was an existing location on the ship. There is a, a wall – where the the kitchen window is that had like just generic computer consoles on there. So you have to stop and think what happened here is that Neelix found the captain's private dining room, did not understand what it was when he picked the lock to go in there and decided, <laughs> you know what? I'm going to knock down this wall with all these computers and stuff on it. I'm going to put in gas burners here and um, an exhaust fan. And I'm going to start cooking in this little walk-in closet that the captain sits alone in and eats dinner. Yep. Well, he, he put in vent <clears throat> fans, but apparently he didn't turn them on. Well, no, he's still Talaxian. <laughs> which is why the room's full of smoke. Right, right. Also because he's going to open flames on a starship. Yep, that's a good idea. I like how Jane, we starts reciting, like, Starfleet code and protocol to him. Oh, and you know, Deck 4, Section 127 is designated the captain's private dining room. Deck like, 2, 125 like, Alpha. Yeah, it's like, you know that you picked him up, like, a few days ago from, like, <clears throat> like the middle of nowhere, right? She's basically, the she's basically uh, <clears throat> getting on him for not 
memorizing the whole ship's like address book? I guess so. How annoying. So I like how Neelix is being like, oh, okay, well, I guess you want me to put all this away then. <laughs> now, I'll, I do like. I'll get the spackle. Yeah. <laughs> so now, I, you can say what you want about Neelix. I've always found Ethan Phillips, just acting wise, always did a fantastic job as Neelix. You may not like the character, but I think you have to appreciate how good Ethan Phillips did as the character. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I, I really like Ethan Phillips. Uh, and I've come around to Neelix, but I can. Neelix can be a grating character, but he's supposed to be. And he feels right. does a great job of doing that. But he's also endearing. He's actually, you know, a genuinely good person, you know, who's just kind of annoying. I think we all have friends like that. Also, he's a fully realized character. Yeah, yeah. Especially by the time he has that whole, uh, you know, suicidal episode. That episode's so good. <laughs> we're, we're getting there. We're getting there. there we're not, not for a few years, we're not. Well, I mean... As far as giving him despair and misery and wanting him to die, there's there's plenty of that to go around, even in this episode. Because <laughs> when you take a pure good person, you want to destroy them from their soul outward. So that's why Deep Space Nine was the way it was with O'Brien? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. He was a simple, hardworking man. Let's well, destroy next him. Next generation got that started by having a Mary Keiko. Ugh. That was gross. All right, so they, they, well, I'm not disagreeing. Uh, so they get to the asteroid, and conveniently, the interior is Class M. Okay. Yeah. That makes perfect fucking sense. Well, there's a lot of internal heat, and there just happens to be, like, you know, uh, oxygen. oxygen atmosphere. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's fine. It's fine. Well, also not... the fact that it's a giant trap set by the Vidians, but, Hey, you know. shh, Spoilers. Spoilers. <clears throat> so Neelix is all proud of himself. It's like, see, I told you. Uh, these, and then he does like, some lame reference, like, oh, these aliens that I know would give their three spinal columns to know where this thing is. Yeah, okay, shut the fuck up. Um, all right. So apparently, Balana is taking. And one of well, the, it turns out that they actually would the give their three refinery. <laughs> 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 Well played. Well played. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So so Neelix is like, I want to go. Janeway's like, thank God, just go. Maybe you'll die. Oh, yeah. And so Bolana's contribution to the whole uh, dilithium project here is that she's going to take the auxiliary impulse reactor, take it, you know, away from the ship's use and turn it into some kind of weird refinery. And I live in refinery. In the middle of nowhere, you want to take your backup uh, yeah. impulse completely out of operation. Especially yeah, since you should have taken the captain's <clears throat> personal sleeping quarters and changed it into. <laughs> <laughs> well, especially too, since you know, like the auxiliary impulse reactor is part of the auxiliary power system itself. Like it's not just their second, you know, engine; it's their their power supply. Right, right, because most of the ship's functions actually run on fusion power. Usually right. the warp core actually just runs just the engines, just the warp engines. Um, so they need that is, much power. Well, yeah, you're fucking bending subspace into a bubble. Um, and let me tell you, sir, that takes a lot of energy, <laughs> as you well know. <laughs> Isn't oh, it just that they're bending space itself to the point where they slip partway into subspace? That is correct. Yeah. That's a better way to say that, absolutely. A more accurate uh, way to say that, yes. <laughs> so, 
That's all I love about this. Fucking nerd, are you, Scott? An increasingly correct way to say it. (laughs) Yes. Every time I say it and refine it, it's just it's like much like the auxiliary fusion reactor. I'm refining this joke until it's more accurate. Auxiliary impulse reactor. Use you. You're refining it until it's lithium. (laughs) Polishing this turd till it shines. Uh, Oh, by the the (laughs) wager. Yeah. So they beam down to the uh, the thing and looking around, and this is where Chakotay goes, okay, everyone just spread out, but stay within 50 meters, stay in calm contact, let's do this by the book, take it easy. To which Elias goes, okay, loop do 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 and just <laughs> skips off like a retard. Well, I was going to uh, say he, he Scooby-Doo's off. Yes, he Scooby-Doo's the fuck out of this. <laughs> so, let's explore this asteroid, but no one go very far or explore very much. Right. Well, no, no, I mean, like, they're, they're just doing it in an orderly fashion. They will move as a group and, you know, explore gradually. I love how we will actually... go out in different directions from the center point, but no further than half the football field. Right. Uh, also, my favorite part is, too, is the fact that uh, their interior caves, they're lit. That's nice. Uh, also, the gravity is also equal to Earth gravity, which is also very nice on an asteroid. <laughs> okay. You can't criticize that because it's always at one Earth gravity unit on every planet in Star Trek ever. And what they're not actually showing you is that they're walking on the ceiling. <laughs> it's oh, just spinning really what a feeling. <laughs> <laughs> Great. And let's take a look can at the I, can I mention how Can I mention how uh, stupid those little wrist mounted uh, flashlights they have are? No, but I'm sure you're about to now. <laughs> Because if they're having to do anything with their hands at all, they're going to have the light pointing off in all directions. Yeah, pretty much. But it frees both their hands to do things. Now they're free to feel Oh, the now I see your point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like that. Which, which one, which episode or movie had them, like, shoulder-mounted? That was kind of cool. That's, like, that's Discovery. No, no, no. They had another one that was before Discovery. There like, was like a shoulder-mounted thing. Was there? I don't know. Maybe I'm making that up. I don't know. Um, so anyway, so, he, so Neelix just like wanders off and goes, okay, you know, don't go any further. Okay, I will. Neelix, I said, don't go any further. Okay, I'll go further. Neelix, I just said, don't do this. Do it? Okay. Fuck. Yeah, at this point, it's just like you want to strangle Neelix. But in the end, it also kind of points out that he's new. He's used to being a loner. He's not part of Starfleet. He's not used to taking orders. So, eh. And he's found a trail of candy in the bottom of the floor of the cave. <laughs> Can he not follow it? No. no. Especially if it's like Neko wafers, because he's the kind of person that would like Neko wafers. Neko wafers All right. are good. Yeah, fuck you. Knew... It's sugar with flavor. I mean, what more do you want out of candy? It to not be like eating chalk? Look at me, I don't eat chalk. <laughs> I'm too good for this. Look at me. <laughs> All right, so... He's wandering around. The wall opens up. Um, Somehow he fails he, to notice this. And then notices it, starts walking towards it, and then someone comes behind him. And I have to say, I just paused the episode on the most beautiful shot of the of him getting hit by electric. The screen is mostly white, and the look of abject horror and scream in his face should be a background. Yeah, it I mean, you're, you're skimming over picture. a little bit that's kind of downplaying the situation. Where, like, he walks past this rock face, it opens up to that corridor, and somebody peeks around a corner in the distance, but he completely fails to notice this for, like, five more minutes. Yeah, yeah. 
I just want to get to the point where he's getting shocked and screams, and it's all brightly lit, and it's terrifying. Well, he doesn't exactly scream. Like, his mouth opens, but for some reason, no sound really comes out. It's because he's in space. <laughs> for oh, some... okay. <laughs> yes, for some reason. Uh, could you... Well, come, please take a screenshot of that. Um, anyway, so he gets zapped by electricity and screams. Uh, Chakotay's like, hey, Neelix, what's wrong? Oh, well... And then they beam away and leave him there. Oh, no, they don't. Okay, now, after his uh, get zapped with lightning, uh, knowing what's happened to him, seeing Neelix act that is fucking horrifying. Yeah. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Especially if you He's take all... a moment to pro- process and imagine your lungs disappearing. Yeah, well, it would be, you'd be breathing into your chest cavity, and that would be it. No, you wouldn't you be able to breathe at all. be nothing to pull anything air in. That's true. You wouldn't have a diaphragm, I assume. So, yeah, you'd just be sitting there just lungless. And he I was guess, always flopping I around. I guess like that depends day. how much, like, how precisely the removal works. Very precisely. They go into detail, like, how perfectly done So his it diaphragm is. could still be there. Well, he didn't want to get the lungs there to expand and contract. Would the diaphragm actually do anything? Yes. No. Plus, he definitely has a diaphragm because he's having sex with Kess, and he doesn't want to get pregnant. But I'm bumped. I got the slow clap. <laughs> the sarcastic slow clap, mind you. <laughs> I'll take it. I don't care. Uh, I have no shame. Uh, I know. All right. <laughs> so they beam uh, the three of them directly to sick bay. Not only to sick bay, but directly to a med bed, which is good. Because the doctor comes stomping over, immediately figure out what's go- going on, and then uh, not <laughs> enters the scene. Now what? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was running a diagnostic cycle. Season one doctor is amazing. I'm sorry. Every season doctor is amazing. Just but in different ways. different ways. But I particularly but I particularly love the season one doctor who doesn't want to do any of this even more than he already doesn't want to do any of the rest of the time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he, he's like he not had time to adjust <laughs> yet, so he is just—he's all hard edges. He is Ben. <laughs> yeah, hey, well, that's what I like about this. Though he is—he this is the early version of him, and you even watching this, you know that he because he's on all the time. He's eventually going to grow into something else. But I love, yeah, yeah. Season one Doctor is very interesting. It's yeah, he is—he is just a ball of rage that is <laughs> just happens to be very good at his job. Right. So not like Ben at all. Well, halfway like Ben. Um, all right. So Janeway's like, so what the fuck happened? And then Kes comes running up. Old Vagina Ears shows up. No, okay, I love this scene right here. Janeway turns to Kes and she's like, Neelix has been attacked. Uh, they cut out his lungs. And Kes is like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Just like huh. walks past them. I guess I'll go look at Neelix now. Yeah. What? <laughs> No concern whatsoever. Well, the the facial expressions would break the the, the prosthetics. I don't, I don't know. All right, so whatever. They're like just, now they're all in the room talking about what's going on. So now we, they reveal. Okay, so it's complicated. His his lungs are connected to his spinal column in multiple points. So we can't just replicate any. We can't just apparently you know grow new ones from his DNA, which can't okay, clone okay. any. Which sounds fucking bullshit to me. Okay. Okay. Before that, we get started on the whole horseshit of this setup here. Yes, thank All you. All the fact that their temporary solution is they basically put like kind of like 
a port into his forehead that just blows air into his bloodstream. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, and then mysteriously, the Neelix dies of an embolism. Yeah. And it's good for one hour. Right. Like, what kind of well, Garo-ass the... technology is this? <laughs> well, then the battery runs an out. An hour, not sense. 66 <clears throat> seconds or whatever. Yes. Yeah. So okay, they, but this... now, the whole heart of the matter here of them not being able to replicate Neelix's lungs is the fucking dumbest bullshit to get this episode in motion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they can't recreate his lungs, except, you know, every time he fucking beams somewhere. Right, and they actually reference his beaming. They have a down-to-the-quantum yes! yes! replicant. <laughs> yeah. So we have this thing. We have all the stuff we need to do it, but we can't for some reason. You know, if they would have just established at the start of the episode that the replicators were offline entirely at this point, you could have sidestepped a lot of this bullshit. But they don't, because then they go, hey, Tom Paris, get this tool. Oh, we don't have this tool. Oh, well, then go replicate it, yeah. you retard. That's a good idea, Doctor. I'll go replicate the thing that we need Although, to Although, I appreciate that that's there for absolutely no reason other uh. than to make Tom Paris look stupid. <laughs> well, I could also put in, like, established by, it's in the drawer, labeled. <laughs> no, they did that with Chakotay, like, two minutes ago. Well, they, they labeled his forehead so he knows Chakotay? Is that what the tattoo is? <laughs> one Chicote, boring. Well, would you be able to tell Chicote apart from any other piece of background furniture if he didn't have the tattoo? <laughs> well, yeah, because some of those actually glow and move and, and make cool noises. <laughs> That's true. Chicote does not have any blinkies. That's funny. It's like the ship got taken over, and like Chicote had to do like a stealth mission, so he just like drew <laughs> his tattoo walking. on everything he passed by as camouflage. No, no, no. He no. He puts a headband on, and he's just walking through the corridors, and nobody notices him. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> oh. Okay, so we should be writing Voyager. We can't yeah. recreate Neelix's lungs because they connect to his spine. We can't recreate Neelix's lungs. So why don't we make a holographic recreation of Neelix's lungs? It, it, actually, I don't. Think ah. they, they don't even mention re or cloning any. Like you know, taking some of his DNA and just fucking growing some. Even though they've established you could do that all day long if you want to in other series. Yeah. Well, okay. So presumably in those cases they have the like specific tissue that they want to clone to take a sample from. That's what stem what? cells are for. Yeah, whatever. They don't have a supply century. of Talaxian stem cells. Maybe Talaxians don't even have stem cells. Maybe they have, like, you know, um, rhizome cells. Li li liberal arts cells. <laughs> and, uh, and obviously yeah, they, don't, they don't have any lung uh, tissue to sample from because they're, they're gone. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I don't know. All, no, but they have all the detail they need from the fucking transporter. Yeah, so that's, they have that's it down where to the quantum it kind of level. falls apart. Yeah, so I mean, dumb it, premise. It, it may not be to the quantum level because we've talked about like you know theory on transporters before. Like they might have information from the buffer, like okay, these are the exact like measurements, the physical dimensions, but maybe not the hmm. you know genetic chemical makeup of the yeah. of the organ because they don't need that to make the hologram. They just need uh, oh, a representation I... of the space it takes up and you know the capacity. You know they just need the the physical aspects, the very basics. Oh, I'm, Since, I'm pretty of course, sure. it's all being controlled by the computer anyway. Yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure the transporter chief keeps very detailed measurements of all the women that go through his transporter. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Oh, okay, okay, there like, you go. Like the um, <laughs> like the opening bit of airplane with the uh, X-ray or the metal detector. Right. All right. So they put Neelix under this very temporary solution to oxygenate his blood. It's basically one of those little round discs on the end of uh, one of the new uh, air mattresses that inflates itself. <laughs> it's an air stone from an aquarium. <laughs> I, I was how Neelix has had those little treasure chests that opens up every couple of seconds. <laughs> Uh, all right, so Janeway does uh, this weird spiel about I'm going down to that goddamn planetoid and finding what's going on. Roar! I'm taking you know three teams of armed guards with Type Three phasers, and then when she beams down, it's her and like Harry Kim. Tuvok's there too. I mean, yeah, Tuvok. So like, wait, what happened to all the people she just said? None of them have Type Three phasers. What the, the fuck is she talking those are about? Phaser rifles. Yeah, I know that's what I'm saying. Do, do we need them have phaser rifles? I don't see any. Just the ones carrying phaser rifles. Which one's carrying a phaser rifle? The ones with the Type 3 phasers. <laughs> don't see any. I see Harry Kim and Tuvok, and they have tricorders, and that's it. There's nobody else in there with them. Well, that's because they sent the security teams off to the other corridors where the incident didn't hey, okay. happen. There, there was a security guy in the background, and he had a little Type 2 phaser in his hand. That's it. Right, but she took three detachments with, so obviously there was two other groups besides them. And they have the type three phasers. But not ah! the captain. Fuck. Ah. I know, I agree. <laughs> it annoys me when they say, we're going to do this thing, and then the thing doesn't happen. Do the thing you said. They did. It's uh, just off screen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, baby, I was faithful to you. It just happened not in our apartment. Okay, so they shoot yeah. a phaser at the wall and see the hidden corridor. Then they go down it. Whoopty shit. Now we cut back up to the ship, and then Tom Paris, who's the pilot, uh, is uh, trying to assist the doctor. And this is another place where I had to explain to Vessi. He's like, she was like, why is pilot down here helping the doctor? I'm like, okay, look, everyone died, <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's trying to like do multiple things. So I had to explain to her like, why the hell Tom Paris of all people was down here trying to be a nurse? Yeah, Voyager launched with one doctor and one nurse. They both died. Within the so first why is it Tom minutes. Paris of all people? Cause he because took... apparently he had like one semester of first aid in the academy. That's exactly what I told Vessi. He's like, he took a first aid class in high school, so now he's the most qualified. <laughs> <laughs> he knows how to do CPR. All right. I don't even think it was a first aid class. I think it was just advanced biology. <laughs> yeah. And he was just using that knowledge. He could pick up chicks. No doubt. A transplant is not an option because it's not compatible match for Talaxians. Okay, well, right. But again, they don't even mention like growing one, like cloning one. Because they don't have the, the source tissue. They have a Neelix laying right there and his genetic code. Okay, all they need. so if they want to install a new foot inside his chest, they're <laughs> all set. <laughs> I don't think that's put, going to how help about the I problem. Grow a foot in your ass. How about that? <laughs> Well, we don't we don't know what route the doctor would take to you know get it in there. <laughs> so this is okay, so here we're at the stupid point where the doctor realizes, I know, I'll make him some holographic lungs. So and Paris is like holograms, but you can't touch a hologram. And, and then, then the, the doctor punches him in the nuts. Ever. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tom Paris is like, what are you gonna do to prove to me that that? <laughs> holograms are physical what could you possibly do and then the doctor spends five minutes kicking Tom Paris's ass 
<laughs> it just knocks him around the fucking room, <laughs> throws him against the walls and shit. He comes up, he's got like a black eye and a split lip. He's like, oh, my soul now, motherfucker. <laughs> but seeing Which, Tom as Paris great as it is for, to watch the Doctor slap Paris, like this writing is really aimed. It's, it's almost breaking the fourth wall. It might as well be like talking directly to the camera when they deliver these lines. Yes. Like, hey, you stupid audience who's never watched Star Trek before because this is UPN. Holograms could be solid in this world. Right. Or they could not be solid. Whichever we want them to be. Yeah. Whatever's convenient. Yeah, the doctor punches a few controls and makes himself intangible. And then while he's intangible, he punches the controls again to make himself solid. (laughs) (laughs) There's no way in hell Paris would have been so stupid as to not understand that a hologram can be touched. Right, right. I guess he's probably handed the doctor things a bunch of no, times. No, he's probably banged some holograms in his time. I, I think he knows how this works. And they all look like the doctor, which is the creepy part, yeah. Awful idea. <laughs> all right, so the the premise is, okay, we can make him holographic lungs, but they'll be con- in the containment unit, which means that he's got to stay still to within like two or three microns of movement. Which, I, as far as I know, like the, your heartbeat moves your body more than that. You know, so I, I don't, uh, whatever, okay. So he's got to be really still. That's the point, y'all. Kess looks pensive? It's hard to tell. I'm not sure if I'm going to approve this life-saving procedure that you've just made up. Right. Yeah, you know, we're still working on other solutions. Okay, one thing about this that really annoyed me, too, was everyone was acting like, well, this is it. This is the one answer that we'll have forever. I mean, you know, because Star Trek, we don't ever advance science or come up with new ideas ever. Once we have a solution, that's it forever. It's like everyone's acting like this is it. This is the only answer ever. See, this is where, if this would have gone a different direction, this could have been like a a nice exploration of euthanasia. If I could let Neelix die... Or I could keep him miserable on life support for the next 40 or 50 years. Well, they did that with Worf already, right? When he broke his back and he wanted to die? Yeah, that was... That was more of a suicide, though. This is more of the family deciding whether someone lives or dies. Oh, So in your version, they never wake Neelix up to make the choice himself? That's fucked up. That's fucked up. (laughs) Yeah. All right, well, and so... honestly, I was thinking, too, like, if it's a situation where, yeah, they can keep him alive indefinitely with these, but he is forced to be, like, motionless forever, it would be at least more humane to keep him in a coma until they have a better solution. Like, don't make him yeah. lay there awake dealing with that. Staring at the or at least put a television above him. <laughs> right. <laughs> Staring at the ugly ceiling that they can't show because it's probably just, uh... Soundstage. The uh, soundstage. Yeah. Yeah. I can't stare at this grip anymore. Get him the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> this boy, my ass. All right. So back down on the asteroid. Um, Kevin Spacey said too. Oh. Ha <laughs> ha. Topical. Just like the ointment he used. All right. So they, they're they're wandering around a set from the early ver- early stages of the Star Trek Online game. <laughs> it looks same color, same lighting scheme, everything. It it looks just like their generic freighter that they use for everything. So anyway, they go through the tunnels. Uh, Janeway, Frazier? yes, Fajo. Uh, the the little away team. They find like a room full of jars and full of organs and stuff, but none of them are Neelix's lungs. So there's that. So there's a case on liver. Nice jerky here, though. Yeah, yeah. 
Hanson, put that down. <laughs> Pulmonary organs, ocular nerve fiber, blah, 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 blah. And the jam was like, shut the fuck up, Tuvok. I'm thinking. <laughs> Fucking nerd. Um, so there's no dilithium here? <laughs> <laughs> shut up, Ensign. All right, Captain, I'm still looking for that dilithium. <laughs> but my magic plot advancement device says someone was here like 10 minutes ago. We should go find them. Yeah, what right. the fuck? Yeah, what is it, like a fart detector? What the hell? So they start following the fart trail of this alien, apparently. You have to imagine several... You have to imagine the Vidian probably emanates a rather distinct and strong smell from, you know, all the necrosis. Yeah. Right, right. Well, the so smell they of see... rot and decay with just a, a hint of lilac. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, they still use perfume, obviously. Um, so they see the Vidian around the corner in the corridors... Tuvok shoots the motherfucker in the chest with a phaser. He does nothing. He goes, eh, and drops his device and then runs away. Well, most of the, the tissue the that uh, Tuvok hit with the phaser is probably dead already. Just oh like, it's just like wearing body armor. And I think it just followed the smell of barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> right in the ribs. Mmm. Slathered in barbecue sauce. <laughs> All right. They run around the corner. phaser sent a flashlight. <laughs> <laughs> For some uh, reason, that just made me think phaser set to flash dance. It's a bucket of waterfall on you at the end of the dance. All right. Ian's believing. Uh, all right, so they run in the corner. They've run to another rock wall. It's clearly like a force field, but it's on a rotating frequency. It's it got a plot frequency, so they can't drop it. So they're unable to disrupt it. Uh, Chakotay calls in and goes, uh, there's a ship leaving? Just thought you might want to know. Janeway's like, god damn it, catch them. Like, oh, they already went to warp. I mean, I waited till they left Wart to tell you that this was happening. So they beam up and then chase after it. We... So we cut... Yeah, we cut back down to sick bay, and there's Cass has Radiohead's Iron Lung on repeat. <laughs> now, oh, and also, facial expression. Also, apparently, uh, <laughs> this uh, ship, this uh, Vidian ship is... Can go at the exact same well, speed as this experimental. Uh... Yeah, we're gonna get to that. <laughs> well, you know they're low on dilithium, so they can only make like third gear. <laughs> All right, so we do get a nice little graphic in sick bay of the interior of, of Neelix's guts minus the uh, lungs. I don't know how long that little CGI graphic took, but that's pretty cool looking. And then you can see what the Grinch's heart. Oh yeah, you can see his heart grow three sizes that day. <laughs> All right, so the cellular toxicity is going up, so they start counting up a number that's apparently important, I, I guess. They get the lungs in there, and he starts breathing. And he immediately is better. And the doctor looks smug. Well, now that we've reintroduced oxygen to him, he's fine. No more coma, no more toxic blood. Yep, that's how that works. Apparently. Also, Vesey doesn't like the uh, Intrepid class because it looks like a uh, looks like a tadpole with vestigial legs. Oh, just wait, just just wait. <laughs> Which thing gets real legs? <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the nacelles are so nubby. I was like, well, yeah, it's probably because they have the, like shorter, smaller nacelles. You know, it's supposed to make it look more high tech and more advanced. And she's like, what are nacelles? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so quick ship you, shot. You should show her the thirty ones at some point, just for fun. Yeah. Um, 
All right, so Neelix is back awake, and they're like, oh, yeah, you're, you're fucked, by the way. This is your life now. Uh, okay, but you're alive. And Neelix immediately falls into despair. It's like, when do I get out of here? And Kiss is like, yeah, Doctor, when's he getting out of here? Why don't you fucking say it? <laughs> <laughs> the look she gives him is like, yeah, hmm, Doctor, you going to go ahead and say him? All right, so they explain to him, like, uh, yeah, you're basically, this is your life now, so... Hope there's no spiders on the sick bay because one's going to crawl in your face and there's nothing you can do. Also, quit moving your face so much. It's messing up the lungs. <laughs> right, right. I like the fact they don't even explore the thing of like him wearing like a backpack or something, you know, or I don't know. There's all kind of things they could do. <laughs> well, they made such a big deal already in these first four episodes about how the doctor is incapable of leaving sick bay and it would kind of undermine that if Neil could just be fed with like a, you know, hologram backpack and go and about his life. All- and we all know that Voyager would never under, undermine one of its own premises. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So, yeah, this is the part where Neelix is complaining about how the ceiling is ugly and he wants, like, a tapestry or a painting. The thing is, too, they say, like, the computer is not fast enough to keep up and, you know, keep the lungs aligned with his body movements. But, like, the doctor probably requires some precision, you know, refresh rates to, like, and stuff. To... to, like, perform surgery and do doctor yeah. stuff? <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, it, it was really more interesting, I think, in a way. It had been less tragic, I guess, but it had where, well, Neelix, you can never leave sick bay now because this is where the hollow emitters are. You know, he'd been, like, trapped like the doctor is. That would have been I mean, more that, interesting, I think. Yeah, because he was like, I guess, spend the rest of my life in this one room, you know, in this one ship. Because, I mean, at that so, point, too, he would be, uh, <laughs> you know, faced with the choice at some point of, well, the door is right there. I could just step outside for a minute. And eventually he would. Yeah, right. Or would try to, yeah. Yeah. And he start flopping on the ground like a fish out of water like he did in the and first... And he could actually do some, you know, acting of getting frustrated and angry and... Right. Mm-hmm. Well, he did... just sit there and complain about the ceiling. Well, he also complains about uh, how, like, Paris is trying to steal his woman now that he can't move. He's so insecure it took, wow, I'm stuck here for the rest of my life. Oh, my God, my girl's going to cheat on me with the pilot. All in the first five She minutes. would, yes. <laughs> I mean... Well, uh, she tries to comfort him by saying, oh... Have you seen Army Wives? That shit goes down. Oh, oh, dude, I lived in an Air Force town. I know. <laughs> Just... Oh, your husband's on TDY? Well, I'm going to be on your TDY. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because your husband's not here. <laughs> so, so, so Cash tries to comfort him. She's like, oh, you have nothing to worry about. Your semen tastes much better than his. <laughs> oh, good. wait, wait, what? he's like that's very comforting thank you for wait what (laughs) like he's like one big hormone walking around the ship and at this point has paris even like kind of done anything or he's existed yeah okay all right he's existed he's made an ass of himself yeah i like how kiss is like i'm not gonna argue with you because you know i could just walk away (laughs) yeah Look, it's like, Neelix, I can end this conversation with a pillow right now, so watch your fucking tone. <laughs> yeah, on one hand, I get why Neelix doesn't like Paris, because Paris is sleazy as hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, this whole uh, drama that the trio has going on throughout the entire first season gets really fucking old. Well, it, it, it relies on the premise, again, that Tom Paris would have chemistry with anybody. Which is ridiculous. <laughs> Which is why they paired him up with Bellana. Ugh. 
All right. So they're about to make a big point and they're about to say something important. And the doctor has been hovering, waiting for this moment to say, oh, OK, now oh, oh, visiting is over. Now you have to stop your conversation and leave. <laughs> I swear, it's like a like a like a waiter that waits for you to put food in your mouth for walking. Oh, okay, how's everything? You're, you're looking at this from the wrong point of view. The doctor has been sitting in his office the whole time having to listen to this and he's sick of their shit. <laughs> <laughs> OK, that's much better. Yeah, <laughs> makes more sense. Well, although it does mean right, over the hours are over. The sign says until two. It's two o'clock now. And he like changes the clock hands. <laughs> well, yeah, he walks over to just like daylight savings time. <laughs> My sanity savings time. Uh, yeah, so he reaches over and sniffs his breath for a second and then leaves. That's a funny line, but I'm not here to kiss you. I'm just adjusting the restraint or something, which is creepy as fuck. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, we've all been there. We've all been there. <laughs> leather daddy alright so up on the bridge is that where they're at on the bridge so they had the little device that the uh, the alien dropped uh, Tuvok is explaining this incredibly powerful device that can scan your entire body like a transport down to the quantum level and immediately tells you everything and also has a built in transporter thing where it can transport certain organs out of your body and put them somewhere pretty fucking and it tells cool. time yeah. <laughs> 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 it's got an alarm function <laughs> it doesn't but tell it, time but, yet it has to take two hands first but it's oh, oh my oh. god <laughs> <laughs> alright you win you win I cannot compete with that that was awesome that was awesome okay I, I'm just gonna sit here and press and awful but awesome no, too oh no that was that was magnifique <laughs> Oh, all right. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was that was good. That was good. I just want to point out for when you know when engineer nerd gives you gold for the week. Get <laughs> that joke without my setup. <laughs> Think about that now. That's what's so good about it. I was the base. <laughs> no, you don't get you don't get an assist. Engineer nerd's not going to give you an assist. That's how this works? I hate basketball. All right, so they're chasing the 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 Vidians, and yeah, there's some there's some point that makes some reference like, oh, they're moving the exact same speed we are. I'm like, motherfucker, you're in an intrepid class, warning at warp nine point nine seven five. Fuck you. That was always that was always a mistake, anyway. I guess. So anyway, they they take them all the way down to a giant ball of breakfast cereal. Uh, nugget. Crackling oat brand. Thank you. Yeah, it's like a big right crackling the oat. anus. <laughs> Straight shot like a luge. Um, apparently, there's a there's a this is an any nipple, so there's a little hole they can go in. And Janeway anus. just <laughs> okay, sure. There's an anus they can slip into. It's only 200 meters in diameter. So I like how Janeway's longer than your mom's. <laughs> yes. So Janeway's looking at it. And you see her kind of lick her lips and put her her index finger and starts tracing her lips, looking at the hole of this thing. Two by Minglo's. I know what you're thinking. Consider carefully about what you're about to do. And she gets all like offended. It's like, how do you know what I'm about to do? He's like, I've been your first officer for like four years. What do you mean? I, I don't know what Security you're going to do. Officer. Well, whatever. One of these days, I'm going to surprise you. But not today. <laughs> That's become her challenge for the rest of the series. To see how inconsistent <laughs> she can be just to trip up Tuvok. <laughs> I mean, I would. 
Yeah, I mean, fucking with Vulcans is fun. Vulcan bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. All right, so they go to Dark Alert. Everything just goes dark. Season one lighting. Seriously, man. Holy See, shit. They, they only have so much power. Turn, they turn on the red alert lights and sirens. They have to turn off other stuff. Yeah, because red lights take more energy than regular white lights because the color. But they don't. When Bolanis is on the break, they don't have to put on the red light because <laughs> they've got Roxanne. I hate you so much. I'm going to send you up Dawson's Creek without a pedal. Dawson is the moon. Oh, my God. All right. So now I got to say, this is a neat concept that they go into here. It's kind of stupid, but it's also kind of neat. So they go into this asteroid, and it's like a hall of mirrors. So they can't... So fucking stupid. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, what's the plan of the aliens? They just sit there until the people get confused and leave? I mean, what's what's their end game here? I just don't get it. I, I guess. It's just, it is kind of dumb. So oh, no. the, the ship's been outsmarted by mirrors. <laughs> right. Our sensors don't work. Okay, so, but, all right, but at the same time. Whatever. Voyager. What the fuck ever. I, I know, I know. So we cut back now to Sick Bay. Uh, Neelix is finally got some curtains on this little mobile up and everything, and a little ball on it. Yeah, uh, chips and yeah. sleep on it. Right. Yeah. So uh, the doctor. It, it, comes- it just needs a disco ball. <laughs> yes. All right. So the doctor comes there and gets an itches an itchy head over his left eyebrow, which is nice. And I like a needless like, don't don't leave. He's like, oh, I'm not leaving. I'm just going back to work. He's like, but I can't see you over there. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Suffer. We don't have a counselor. Not programmed to give a shit. So Neelix tries to find humor in the situation best he can. So this is what I like about Neelix. Always optimistic and trying to find the best of the situation. You know, this this is why Neelix is is, is a redeemable character. Uh, so he kind of starts freaking out a little bit. I think this whole scene just kind of goes on where it's just him continuously freaking out. This goes on for like five minutes. The doctor very heavily says, oh, there's nothing you can do but lie there and be quiet. Oh, season one doctor. Because <laughs> that's what you want to tell a paraplegic. Could you... Not only can you can't move, could you also shut the fuck up? <laughs> could you shut the fuck up about the fact you can't move? Could you just be just totally non-existent for me? Thank you. Your your presence is inconveniencing me. All right. Feeling trapped, whatever. Herpa-derpa-der. Doctor, the, so Neelix freaks out to the point where the doctor has to sedate him. Maybe you should have done that like two days ago. Yeah. Maybe two weeks ago. Two months ago. <laughs> Mm-hmm. All right. This is so weird. All right, so they get into the interior of the asteroid. They get to the creamy nugget center. And it's like a Ferrero shower. Uh, <laughs> however the fuck you say that. So, yes, the sensor things are bouncing off walls. It's just a holler mirrors. Janeway's quick to make the fucking uh, metaphor. Okay, we get it. Uh, all right, so they have to go very slowly. They try not to bump into walls. Okay, back down to sick bay. Kess is complaining to the doctor about something. Oh yeah, she not wants. He wants. <laughs> doctor, I need another hit. Like, sorry, I can't patch up the holes in your face anymore. All right. So, yeah, Doctor's just like, look, I'm trying to deal with Nix. Can you just stay here and deal with him instead of me? 
And this this is what Dr. Finally can't, kind of snaps too. He's like, look, I have to be on 24 hours a day. I am a supplement. I'm not supposed to be here. I wasn't even supposed to be at work today. <laughs> so, thank you for the three people who look at that joke. Two of them just laughed. Um, An engineer yeah, makes, makes three. Yeah. So, uh, so he makes a point. He's like, there's not even a counselor on board. I am not programmed for any of this shit. What the fuck? And Cat's like, but you're a wonderful person, and you can do it. I believe in you. And he goes, you're right. I can. Ha-ha. And the cliff well, is first, Well, first I think he says, I'm not a person. Yeah, yeah. Which is like, well, you know. Totally me in real I life. I like how Cass completely does not understand the doctor. And she's like, the program didn't do this. You did. Uh, right. I mean, like I mean, sweetheart, even, I am the program. Even in right. Universe Two, the Federation people, it's a, it's a really fuzzy line. The Doctor's walking, you know. Yeah. For someone from a culture who does not have this kind of technology, I can kind of hand wave that away, you know. That that interpretation right. kind of makes sense in context. Her naivety makes sense in this context. I, I I hear you. Well, it's not even being naive. It's just like this is a form of technology her people never had access to. She doesn't really get the. Okay, maybe this is just being naive. Yeah, that's kind of what the word means. So, <laughs> all right. Uh, so down in engineering, they're getting a power fluctuation. So now to add because this wasn't enough bullshit to go on, and we have to get blob and things. There's a power drain coming from somewhere, right from the out of the warp core. How that happens, I don't fucking know. Oh man, they're yeah. gonna steal all their dilithium right through the walls. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Captain, I just found an open window down here in engineering, and how's our ship gone? <laughs> all of our warp drive is coming out. <laughs> yeah. God damn it. <laughs> They've been taking small pieces of it for weeks. I just noticed. <laughs> Seska, what's going on? <laughs> Nothing. She twirls her mustache. <laughs> 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 All right. So they get like a blip. They're not sure if they're going to. The source has a location. They want to fire on it. But if it isn't, it's going to bounce back and hit the ship. And then they go, well, gee, if we just. Uh, Tuvok's like, well, if I just set the ship's phasers to be the phasers I shot when down on the planet toward the Vidian. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe he just doesn't know how to use phasers. I don't know what the deal is. So they, they turn their phasers on super low power to it's a flashlight and they shoot it and it bounces all around like Cyclops in the danger room. Set phasers to laser pointer. <laughs> phaser pointer. Yes. The cat toy of the future. Set phasers to Pink Floyd show. <laughs> well, they are on the dark side of the asteroid. Again, set phasers to flash dance. <laughs> All right, so they find the ship. They figure out the real one. They're like, okay, there are two life signs on board. Beam them both aboard, uh, and you know, to the transport room, and we'll beat them down. We'll. God, I haven't had anything to drink yet. What the fuck? So beam Doesn't them aboard. Does your wife usually bring you a drink when you sit down? Normally she didn't today, and I'm very upset. There will be beatings later. I hope she doesn't hurt you too bad. How stupid it is. Their sensors don't work, but shining a phaser like a laser pointer is what saves the day. And yes. then their sensors work. But but you have to understand, their their sensors are based on electromagnetic energy. Their phasers are, are based on electromagnetic energy. Oh, wait, you're right. It doesn't make any goddamn sense. Aren't the phasers particle beams? Carrier, yeah, carried in an electromagnetic beam, yeah. Right, but they're still particles. Well, so are photons, depending on how you look at them. 
photons. Well, only if you look at them <laughs> along their edge. Oh, my oh. eyes. <laughs> I feel like I'm being mocked. You are. <laughs> ah, my eyes. Photons. Two years on the show, and he only just realizes. Yeah. Wait, yeah. what? You guys have been making fun of me this whole time? I thought you really liked me. All and right. That's so the, be... And that's the greatest joke of them all. <laughs> uh, so they beam aboard two testicle heads. Oh, uh, this gross. is like this is like Abbott and Costello of the leper colony. <laughs> <laughs> Look at these guys. They're like that's right, Abbott. Pull your stuff together. I can't. My nose is running. Better go catch it. You know, and it's just. <laughs> <laughs> like that. Uh, oh, they're going to my win for this episode. <laughs> I got, I got to hand it to you. Ah, oh, my hand. Uh, everyone, give him a hand. No, really. Um. So, this is an interesting scene. I like this because they do make the Vidians. Uh, you, you do feel sorry for them, you know, and it makes sense. Oh, we come from this advanced society, the Phage hit our our whole. We've had it for two millennia. This that's the part I don't understand. It's like, wait, you've had this you've been dealing with disease for two thousand years. That's been wiping out so many people every day and you're still around somehow? Right. You guys must breed like rabbits and not be into looks. It's been around for two thousand years and you were a professional sculptor? Right. <laughs> yeah. Some of that is like doesn't make any sense. I don't Right. There should not be a society left. Right. Societies don't survive plagues. Right, right. Yeah, not like this is as important as it is. It's very strange. So they complain, oh, the phage adapts. We're very advanced, but we can't cure it. Now, 200 years, maybe I could give them. You know, if they were an advanced society and there's like billions of them spread across the quadrant or whatever. Right. Yeah, if right. They like close down the ports to Madagascar first. I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got that reference. Shut down everything. All right. So I, I kind of like Jane Way's kind of thing here. Uh, you know, I can't let you go around stealing people's organs. That's not cool, especially especially for my crew members. So we need them back. He's like, oh, well, I've already put it in my buddy here. It's inside him. And and I do like the line that Jane Way says, oh, so you just put me in your own position. So I should do what you do to save my crew is kill somebody else. So by your own morals, I should kill your friend to take the lungs back. How does that make you feel? I, I thought that was that was an interesting way to twist that, that she realized that, oh, great, well, now I'm being put in the situation you are, so do you want me to do what you do? Do-do? That boot that <laughs> do what? That you do. <laughs> uh, in a way, it's interesting, but also, like, the way Jimmy presents it is kind of snotty. It is. But, oh, excuse me. So you, it'd be just like you? Uh-huh. Yeah. And yeah. apparently, oh, yeah. they, they try not to, they only try to take or these organs from dead people, which is why they had these two uh, traps set up. Uh, yeah. Except there wasn't a trap people. in the first place, or did they just stumble on, you know, their base? <clears throat> and they so, just okay. kind of, you know, took a moment of opportunity because they kind of needed a set of lungs real quick. Well, all right, they so had a base. They had a starship that could travel as fast as Voyager. Yeah, no shit. Um, yeah, and the, be... this other base with all the mirrors inside. <laughs> <laughs> what? Can you imagine what their hotel rooms look like? Uh, so we just okay, like from every angle, so we see every last scab being scraped off. <laughs> right. It's, it's it's a whole thing. They're like furries, but 
but grosser. We, we um, VR porn of ourselves fucking. Ugh. Okay, so here's here's a point that uh, I'm kind of annoyed they didn't bring it. It's like, oh, okay, well, we have you have a Talaxian's lungs. We can get them out of you and put them back into Neelix. Since you're not a Talaxian, maybe we can replicate your lungs or lungs that would fit you. Since you're able to have this technology to adapt anybody else's lungs to yours, we can maybe we can clone one or create some that you can use instead. You know, yeah, we we can't do Neelixes, but maybe we can do the Vidians. No, apparently not. They don't even mention it, which is seems like it'd be a really easy solution. But at that point, then it's just like, okay, <laughs> they solved the Vidians' problem for them. Here's it, you know, just start replicating your own tissue and use that for replacements instead of taking others. Right. Kind of makes sense, doesn't it? But that would solve the problem, and then you know you wouldn't have Vidians anymore. Yeah. But that said, that, these and wouldn't two, that be a tragedy? There'd yeah. be more K's on episode, so yeah, it would be. <laughs> All right. So I do like again I'll, these two. I don't know who these actors are. But I think they do a great job, especially given what they have. And they they, they really. The I think. I think <laughs> <it's>, yes. <laughs> so. All right. So Janeway tries to be sympathetic, but tries to figure out a way. Uh, so basically, she, at the end of it, it's like, well, I can't morally take them from you. Um, I can't punish you for do, trying to survive. So, oh, I guess I'll let you go. But wag of the finger, don't do it again to me. Well, it's more like, don't let us find you again or we're going to kill you. <clears throat> yeah, well. I, I do like how she kind of freaks out a little bit. Though. She kind of goes off the deep end. It's like I can't carry in our brig forever. Well, it's okay. They would die pretty soon without, you know, replacement parts. Right, right. <laughs> Probably wouldn't even be that much of a commitment when you stop and think about it. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like getting a beta fish. You know? I was going to say a goldfish, but yeah, same thing. <laughs> no, betas are hardier than goldfish. I think this would be more like having goldfish. <laughs> All right, so yeah, she threads them. She can't get away with this without threatening the fuck out of them. So that it's that done, pretty much all she knows how to do. Yeah. All right, whatever. So at this point, uh, Abbott is like, "Well, can I go see the guy? I'm I'm stole the lung from. I just I can't get enough of the human suffering. So maybe I can get some more of this. Oh, but we're so much more advancing, or maybe I can help. It's like, well." If you could help, you would have done that shit already. Whatever. All right, spared my life, and I got to save theirs. How noble! Yeah, it's, at least the Vidians are actually sympathetic here, you know. Mm-hmm. Now they now. got caught. Well, yeah, <laughs> well, but that's what's interesting, I think. So that's fine. yeah, they did leave Neelix, you know, spasming on the ground. Right, right, right. <clears throat> Well, everything's little... all well and good when you can just think of the people you steal organs from as, like, you know, livestock. Mm-hmm. If that's what helps you sleep through the night. Nothing helps me sleep through the night. It bothers me. Livestock's help me sleep better through the night. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing gets me through the night like a good piece of beef. <laughs> me too. Uh. <laughs> beef steak. Oh, so like the thing is like like scanning people, see if anybody has like organs that can be uh, transplanted and then not rejected. And he points the device to Tuvok. Uh, yeah, Tuvok. Tuvok's already got his phaser pointing. Like, don't even fucking think about it. <laughs> but, which I, okay, I do like the concept of Tuvok. He's a Vulcan, but he's the head of security. He's not the science officer. I kind of like that. 
I always thought it was kind of a neat, neat thing. Now, Ock, when he scans the doctor and says, you shouldn't be here. And then Robert Ricardo replies, yes, I know. Robert Picardo replies. <laughs> <laughs> I was on Broadway before this. No, no, the one, the one, no, no he, was, films. he was in Home Improvement before this. I was in Inner Space, goddammit. And Gremlins 2. Oh, yeah. I fucked a female gremlin. Yes, he did. Um... <laughs> I like how the, the, the one that one crewman like scans him and he goes, Ugh! he gets that look, look in his face. He <laughs> raises his eyebrows and pulls his head back. Uh, all right, so lo and behold, what Kess Kess is a no match. everybody. Oh, that's they, right. They, they can get, do they, everybody. Okay. What the Vidians did is that they know how to change Neelix's lungs into Vidian lungs. Therefore, they can change anybody's lungs into Neelix's lungs. Right. So. Right. So, Cass volunteers. I I volunteer as a tribute. It's not uh, the greatest surgery in the world. <laughs> yeah, okay, so so Ocampa have a lifespan of nine or ten years. <clears throat> uh-huh. Did anybody stop to think that maybe that lung's not going to last all that long? No, they don't think that. <laughs> no. <laughs> Like, you know, two or three years after the show ends and Neelix is wherever he is, is he just going to, like, drop <laughs> Yeah, drop dead one day because his lung gave out? Uh, so on a side note, that's something about organ donation in general that just kind of freaks me out. Yep. Well, you know, say you die. I die. Okay, but your heart gets donated, and a part of you continues to live independently of your dead body. Yep. That's... Fuck Frankensteinian. I, it's fucking rad. I think it's awesome. I guess it well, just I suppose depends it is how awesome much... in science and all that stuff. I mean, it's, it's certainly impressive, but I don't know. There's something kind of creepy about the, the whole organism not dying at once. I guess it just depends yeah. how much you attribute the individual pieces as being, you know, the person. I was talking about it being a, the person anymore. It's just like. When an organism dies, it should die. Parts shouldn't just continue living on forever. That's, so a, that's the thing about right, dying. Right. Like in general, you don't ever die all at once. Like certain extraordinary circumstances, sure, but like usually you oh, die okay, because true. one specific thing stops working, and everything else just kind of shuts down as a result because right. the life the process has ended. Yeah, yeah. Please tell him, hey, Mickey, more about the death process. He needs your. I know, I know, it's I know. Not an off switch. <laughs> right, 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 right. But the idea yeah. of saying, you know, <clears throat> your lungs living another, you know, twenty years after you've died just kind of weirds me out. Hmm. That's understandable. That's a perfectly, I think, normal. Maybe I feel differently if I needed somebody else's lungs in me. <laughs> um, I kind of feeling that if I did, I would always feel uncomfortable knowing there's something else living inside me that's not me. Well, I mean, and you would never be able to forget that either, because you should be taking drugs the rest of your life to make sure your body doesn't just, like, decide, nope, that's not going to be part of us anymore. Yeah, what is this ham sandwich doing in here? This isn't my meat. <laughs> I mean, it'd be like if you swallowed a key and it got stuck in your stomach. I mean, you'd always know it's there and it's not part of you, but yeah, I don't know. It's like taking iron supplements. <laughs> yes, it's exactly like that. <laughs> Well, it's just lump of metal that, like that starts food. sitting in your stomach because your body can't process that very well. 
Well, it's like eating food. I mean, you have particles and stuff that like are outside your body. You're pulling it in. Your body's making it into parts of you. You know. Yeah. I mean, it, it's weird. Yeah. When you think about it, it's kind of a ship of Theseus thing. It's like, yeah. What what point does it not be the thing anymore that it was? Um, yeah, it would be weird to have somebody else's organ inside you. Um, I say that as a straight male. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> would you consider organ transplant as basic transhumanism? Oh, absolutely. Like the first step to say, uploading your brain to the cloud or something. Oh, absolutely. And like that, if you have a pacemaker, you're a cyborg. I mean, that kind of thing. I mean, a really lame one, but yes, you are. <laughs> well, yeah, or you are. A I mean, it's, that's all part of it. Or... <clears throat> But yeah, it is. It's all part of yeah. It's absolutely transhumanism, uh, and I can't wait to the point where we start doing you know, uh, you have a three D lattice. We three D print it, then we put stem cells on it from your own cells. We grow you into organ. We slap it in when when it gets old. Yeah, that, I mean, that's not far away at all. They're already doing that shit on mice. It's awesome. So would you go foglet when the chance arises? Absolutely. Oh yeah, I'm all for transhumanism. Uh, it's something I realized. I realized something the other day. It's like I'm using my cell phone. I'm always telling people at work and everything. It's like, look, you got to send me an email. Put it on my calendar. Otherwise, I'm not going to remember. I, I, I kind of, it kind of struck me in a very real sense how much of a cyborg I am in the sense that so much of my brain processing and knowledge I now throw onto a mechanical device. That there are certain things I don't have to do anymore because the machine does it for me, even to the point where it's even my own thought process. I don't have to remember certain dates and times because the machine does it for me. I always have it with me. It's always readily available. I can call it within a second. And that certainly does but, make you a better, more functional individual in the long run. Uh, I don't. Well, it, working so far. I mean, you know, I don't think about how much easier your life would be if you had, let's say, a mechanical artificial process to handle breathing. <laughs> well, as long as it like artificial it. lungs. <laughs> well, if it What you if know. you just had this big like metal can you could lay in and it would just, you know, affect the process of breathing for you and you could just, Look, you know, lay there I, and be, you know. I I thought about getting polio so I could do that, but I decided not to. <laughs> you know, speaking of Neil being locked up in the iron lung there, like he's going to get bed sores mm-hmm. and there's no way to treat them and he won't be able to tell the difference between his other spots. Um, he he'll die of an infection. I presume. Well, I would presume the advanced, you know, bedding technology of the 24th century. <laughs> Tom Paris is a master of that. Has <laughs> <laughs> has some capacity to avoid things like bed sores. Yeah, I'd and it's probably it also like self cleaning. Right, right. The bed oh, like... has a razor blades equipped, which just shaves them right off. Ugh. I'm just saying, like, you know, it's never something they really talk about, but there must be, like, sophisticated bed technology by that point. Yeah. That can't be the one area they've completely neglected. Right. Or counterpoint, so, the writers who wrote this have such a poor knowledge of medicine in general, they don't realize things about bed sores developing when you lay in place for a long time. Probably at the same time, too. too, they're writing it from a perspective of this problem's going to be resolved within the episode, so... <laughs> Even if they are aware of that, they already know going in. This is something we're never going to have to address anyway. Yeah, because they never mentioned that Kess and Elix both have one lung ever again, as far as mm-hmm. I know. Um, in some capacity, it is acknowledged later on. And a lung capacity? Um, like that continuity is kept. It's just not something they ever like. You know, go out of their way to reference. I want to say I've heard it mentioned somewhere else before. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, well, they do. That's good. I don't. I didn't recall any, but if they do, that's fine. Good for them. 
And that's it. It might yeah. have been even in the episode we watched before, uh, you know, Neelix's uh, deep depression that might have made the reference to him only having one lung. Yeah, it's one of those things where, yeah, you can actually survive with one lung. And it's it's weird because the human body is so strange because it will actually kind of grow and take over some of the empty space to kind of compensate. Yeah. The human body can compensate for amazing things, uh, including having one lung. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at least if you lose one wide. kidney, the other one will completely take over all the functionality of the missing one. Like right, there's no right. diminished kidney capacity; it just takes over every bit of the function of the missing part. Yeah, even parts of the brain. You know, there's brain damage; it'll just reroute a lot of the functions to other parts of the brain. It's amazing. Yeah, I I, I saw um, a show years and years ago. It was like a five year old that had to lose literally half of her <clears> brain. And, like, they followed along the process and revisited years later, and she was a f- basically functional, uh, you know, young teenager at that point. Mm-hmm. Like, you couldn't really tell. There was no diminished capacity, because her brain was still... Compared to a regular teenager. Exactly. Because <laughs> her brain was still young and fresh enough that it could just do everything it needed to to get around the missing parts. Young and fresh brains. So... With parts of the brain missing, did they fill it up with, like, packing peanuts, or is it, like, just sloshing yeah. around in there? Sloshing around, as far as I know. Because you uh, put anything in there, it could damage the surrounding tissue, so it's just sloshing around in cerebral fluid. Yeah, like, there, more fluid ends up filling in the cavity to take up the volume. Like, there's not a there's not. Would you be more at risk but... for concussion that way? Or? Probably. Yeah, well, it depends. I mean, usually the spaces that are missing are pretty small. We just said half the, the brain. Yeah, but half the brain? Yeah, yeah, probably. Man, I don't even know. I mean, it certainly would not be uh, an easy life, but like, I don't think it was a mentally deficient life. Right. Your skull is filled by weight, not volume. Some <laughs> settle <laughs> Uh, yeah, it, I remember. I remember this episode, but it was a uh, it's a little better than I remember. I remember it being just being kind of. Well, even dumber than than it was, but uh, yeah, pretty horrifying. <laughs> Why does Neelis get tortured so? My God! Didn't we talk about this like an hour ago? Yeah, I know. This episode's a lot dumber than I remember. I always remember being that the idea of like having holes in it. But, no, um, ju- no, just in Neelix's chest. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's aggressively unintelligent. Well, that's the problem with Star Trek. It's so hard to write for it sometimes because technology can solve so many things. How do you how do you have a conflict when technology can just fix everything? And this is definitely one of those cases. Well, except for all the ways we found out ways to improve the episode here just <laughs> talking about it on the fly. Right, right, right. I mean, yeah, there is always – There is always kind ways, of care about doing something not shitty. There is always <laughs> ways to – deal with a technology that exists that would prevent the story you're trying to tell, but do it in a way that's not so um, clumsy and ham-handed about it. Yeah. Because one of the very basic concepts of early Voyager is they can't use the replicators hardly. You know, everybody's on replicator rations. It'd be easy enough to say the replicators are just completely out this week. And that takes like 90% of the problem away. Yeah, that that is the the bad thing about Star Trek is they they have this great premise, and the only way you can have conflict or tell a story is then you have to immediately backtrack and take away 
all the cool stuff that makes Star Trek Star Trek. Oh, the transports are down, or there's interference. Oh, the this is down, or or the replicators are down. So they have to keep doing that. It, it, it's it's tedious. That's one of the good reasons. That, it's one of the reasons I like with Orville. They didn't have it where transporters are kind of a thing. They have to use shuttles, so you don't have to. They don't have to backtrack from that technology. I think it was a yeah, good it's choice. A, it's a technology that exists in the universe because in right, the right. zoo episode they got transported somewhere. Yeah, and it was amazing to him. It was like holy shit, you know. But the the, was... the episode with the time traveler, I think, basically says, "Oh, well, I guess we'll get that technology at some point." So it's just something that mm-hmm. they have not themselves cracked yet. Right, right. Of course, she was like from like four hundred years in their future or something. So yeah, that's that makes sense. Yeah, poor poor Star Trek. They'd really, you know, maybe maybe it does make sense they keep doing prequels instead of sequels after Voyager, uh, because the technology is so advanced. How do you how do you write anything? You know. Ah, here's a very solution. You reset things. What do you, what do you mean by that? Okay, the Federation has a crushing defeat, and has to rebuild. Yeah, but they still have like basic technology. I mean, well, like okay, you can't, but you can then, then... that resource though. Well, most of the resources are being directed towards rebuilding. But trans- if they're on the run. Transporters are fucking everywhere, though. I mean, it'd be like... I'm not talking about transport. I'm not the, the, the technology level generally. You can knock the technology down a peg. No, I mean, what you would end up doing I, I to write for after Voyager, after Nemesis, um, you would just write the kind of story that does not focus so much on the technology side of things. You just write in the setting the story you want to tell and not really focus on what the technology is doing as part of it. But it had to be a story that didn't, that wouldn't be affected by the technology. And that's hard to do. Well, well you, you write stories about people then and not stories about technology. Yeah, political, exactly. political stuff, uh, right. you know. Right. right There's right. a lot of stuff to do and explore in the universe that does not rely on, okay, here's our technology gimmick for the week. Agreed, agreed. And yeah, that's what it would take, though. So it would be, it would... And if there is would, a tech, if there does have to be a technology gimmick, it can be you know alien technology that you use to explore that. Yeah. yeah. Or like I was saying, you know, knock things back. You know, what happens if the technology still exists, but Starfleet doesn't have it anymore because they're in broken ass ships? Yeah, it'd have to be something so completely catastrophic. I mean, it would just. Oof. Yeah, you just like like a come... ship stranded in the middle of Delta Quadrant <laughs> with no supplies. <laughs> well, uh, shit. <laughs> and Fort Max crushes our dreams again. Yeah, what else is new? <laughs> <laughs> wow. So uh, there's that British term, taking the piss out of something. I think that's just what happened. <laughs> she just took the piss out of us. Okay, so Fort Max picked this week's episode. Let's not do that again. No, no offense, Fort Max, for your one and only pick for the entire podcast that was not nearly as bad as it could have been. That could have been an XV episode. Or a Hey Mickey episode. (laughs) My episodes are always great. 5% good. Uh, so what do we want to do for next week? Keeping in mind, we only have a few episodes left and we should probably be in wishlist mode. Oh, man. What's something you've always wanted to do, but were afraid to ask? Well, it involves livestock and... <laughs> <laughs> Let's do Darmok. 
Just kidding, we're never gonna do that. <laughs> <sighs> Alright, here we go. I really feel like we should have done more DS9. I thought we should have done more Enterprise. No. no. Did we ever do stock? Uh, yeah, we did Spock's brain, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Spock's brain, the Elks is long. What if the plot of this Voyager episode had been that they took Neelix's long to operate the life support system for some like ship or colony or something? Look, would you fucking stop with the trying to make Voyager good? Because that actually could have been interesting. Stop. You're just teasing. Well, no, that would have been stop really, it. really stupid. No, it could have been but, like, cool. stupid in a really entertaining way, like Spock's brain. Right. I like, imagine like Neelix's lungs turn into bellows that are like pushing air into like a tent. <laughs> yeah, we it's not even, it it's not even for a life support system. Bronze. They they stole Neelix's lungs for their pipe organ. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what was the the, the one where um, did we watch one where, where Troy gets like mind raped and gives birth to a baby boy that like grows up in like a few days? Oh, the child. Yeah, did we do that one or is that one just too crazy? Or just crazy enough. Was that the Didn't first? Did we do that one? Was I don't the... think so. We have not episode... done it. No. It was Are the first you... episode with Doctor Pulaski. Season two, episode one. Uh, it's a Troy-heavy episode, and Troy is typically pretty much gold. <laughs> <laughs> what about Rascals? <laughs> oh, Rascals would be good. <sighs> yeah, Rascals could be good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was some episode I had in mind recently, but I can't remember now. I think Rascals needs to be on the list, personally. We didn't do the um, the Q episode with Sherwood Forest ever, did we? I am not a merry man. I don't right. think so. I don't think we did. I have a hard time with Q episodes. Wait, is that like a double entendre, or are you just don't no, like No, it's just like, <laughs> they're they're sort of naturally good and naturally funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's yeah. kind of hard to talk about because it's just what it is. I mean, well, it's just us gushing about John Delancey. <laughs> yeah, and like that's not terribly interesting to talk about. I mean, yeah, but it's more of a Picard. It's certainly that great. But... It's more of a Picard and Vash episode. Like Q's just kind of there as a secondary element. Did we do a piece of the action? No, we did not. It's on the list. Okay, we have oh, piece Gangster of the action. Plant. Yeah, yeah, Gangster Planet, Rascals, Pen Pals. We did Pen Pals, didn't we? No, we never got around to Pen Pals. Okay, we just watched it the last time I was at your house then. Um, so we have, okay, in, in the document there are three. There's the piece of the action, Rascals, and Pen Pals that have been there for, like, forever. Ever. I don't want to yeah. go to original series just yet, because we just sort of hit it kind of hard. Agreed. But I, I, I think we should do a piece of the action before we end the show. Yeah, agreed. Um, just not next week. What do y'all think about the episode where Picard goes to Ryza to get laid and he meets up with Lara Croft and fights Ferengis? That could be a good one, yeah. It's just, if we do that, I think we need to do the Sherwood Forest episode because we did the Deep Space Nine episode with Vash, so we should do, like, you know, all three of them. The Vash trilogy. Yes. It's a shame we can't have, like, a Vash month, but it's too late for that now. The Vash Gash. We couldn't have had a Vash month anyway. There's only three episodes with her. 
Oh, he's doing it in February when there's only three weeks. Yep. Uh... Or we do it like in December when, you know, we take one or two weeks off anyway. Yeah. But too late for that now. Yep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, I still want to do uh, Naked Now with at uh, Lost Orbit on Twitter and Instagram. Because <laughs> <laughs> they'd all fuck Tasha. You <laughs> <laughs> say that so wistfully. Yeah, she came from a completely failed colony. I had not heard that. I had not heard that. We could do that Next Generation episode where Data tries to date one of the, uh, you know, nameless crew oh, members. Oh, that was yeah. awkward. Yes. Yeah, that's a good yes. one. Yes. So, so what are we doing next week? I don't know. <laughs> so, uh, ever fucked a machine? Well, not not an android, but... <laughs> i say either the one where uh, Data pretends to love someone or uh, Rascals. Uh, I could be down with In Theory. That's kind of different from what we normally cover. It's just, that is the most horrible concept, too. It's kind of cruel in a way. Too. Yeah, it is. It is. I, okay, I want to do that next week. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have that wonderful exploration of how Data is completely inhuman and alien to everything around him. Yes. It sounds perfect. So that's season four or five. This is season four, episode twenty-five. Okay, so it's like right on the edge of season four and five. Good. All right, guys. So, which one are we doing? In theory, season four, episode twenty-five. Okay, okay. I I know what we're supposedly what we're what we are in theory doing. What are we actually doing? <laughs> uh, Star Trek The Next Generation, Season 4, Episode 25. Go find the title for yourself. Or whatever I decide we're doing at the very last second. Right, yes. Because it does happen about 30% of the time. Well, there's no holidays coming up, and there's not a Thanksgiving episode that I know of. So... <laughs> um... Well, so, I think they make reference to Thanksgiving in Charlie X. But that's going back to the uh, original series well, you know. Yeah. So is it called In Theory? Is that the name of the uh, episode? Theoretically, yes. yes. <laughs> Let's see here. Dang it. Oh, I should learn how to type. Me too. I thought your phone was for. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's in theory. <laughs> I was right, hanging up on wanna... Scott, but he would just not come back because it's almost the end of the show. Uh, yeah, pretty much. All right, so uh, yeah, TNG O four twenty five in theory. Mm -hmm. Cool. All right. All right, documents been saved. All right, well, good. Does it so, uh, so you know, don't make it sound like you accomplished something. I, I look. I just saved this file amazingly. I nailed it. Now he's just baiting me. Now I almost hung up on him though. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, yeah. All right. I, I hopefully we'll see Neelix on a minimum number of times. From now on. 
Well, can only you think ten of episodes more, left. Can you think of any more Voyager episodes you want to do before we end? Besides, you know, that one that nobody really wants to do, but we're kind of obligated to. Nope. I got to get in touch with Ken to make sure he's gonna be back for that. Are we also going to get Paladin, or wait, he was never doing no, he, this. He never did he? the show. Yeah. He doesn't love us enough. No. <laughs> oh. He Bastard. neither he neither loves us enough nor hates himself enough. It's uh thunderstorming here now. Exciting. Yeah. Cool. Oh, so um <laughs> Here's an interesting thing that came up on Twitter while we were recording. I'm pasting it into the Skype chat now. Okay. Nope, that didn't copy. One second. Copy. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, how cute. I love it. <laughs> oh, that's the perfect gift for when Rick and Morty fans have kids. No, the perfect gift for Rick and Morty fans is sterilization. <laughs> yes, cute. Not sure who the audience is, but uh, yeah, that's cute. I think the audience is, uh, you know, parents of young children. Who want to look like they're, you know, doing something intellectual with their kids. Baby's first quantum physics. I'm sorry, baby loves quantum physics. Yeah, they don't have object permanence yet. They're not really going to get relativity. I would think lacking object permanence might help with an understanding of uh, quantum physics. Something is both there and not there. Holy shit. If I'm not looking at it, yes. Yeah. If I'm not measuring it. (sighs) All right. Well, I think I'm about spent. I think I've said everything I possibly can about this god-awful Voyager episode. Oh, we stopped talking about that like 20 minutes ago. Yeah. Well, yeah, but now I'm just talking to you, and that's another thing I just can't do anymore. (laughs) I know, right? <laughs> you are so exhausting. I am exhausted. No, exhausting. Yep, I'm exhausted from talking to you. That's true. You're exhausting. I'm extremely tired of you. <laughs> so I'm behind the car and you're under it? Wait. <laughs> exhausted and tired. All right. I'm going to bed. Good night. Good night. Night. Good night. Right. Isn't it only like 7 o'clock where he is? Shut up! <laughs> <laughs>